Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of KB Hurst and Her Menagerie, the wonderful podcast that is linked to my blog of the same name. Uh, the website is preternaturalclubgirl.blog. <laughs> How are every one of you out there right now? Hopefully you're having a decent week. It's Tuesday, the 13th of September. Uh, one month from today, I will officially be 44. God help me and everyone around me when that happens. So um, this episode, very first episode I've done in a while, not purposely, mainly just because of the time constraint. And then I had uh, the devil's disease, COVID, for a few weeks. That was not fun. <laughs> um, similarly, since our last episode, my cousin that has done the first two episodes with me, she's also come down with pneumonia. So it just seems to be going going around. It's nasty, nasty stuff. Uh, but this episode, because Halloween is coming up and a lot of people know that, you know, aside from my regular day job and my creepy writing, I have a very strange occultic background. I am an artist and one of the things that I love to make are spirit boards. You would probably know them as Ouija boards. So tonight we're going to talk about Ouija boards. Um, we're going to get into that, and it's going to be a very interesting episode, I'm hoping. <clears throat> now, I did get some questions filtered in here and there in the last couple of weeks from people that were curious about some stuff. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell you all a little bit about my story and how I got into the use of Ouija board. Um, so before people decide to get all judgy and crazy and tell me, I can't believe you use a Ouija board, there is, um, there's a lot behind it in the reasoning that I started using the Ouija board. Um, but it all goes back to a guy. I started using a Ouija board because I liked a guy. <laughs> and I wanted to know if he liked me back. One of the worst reasons to use a Ouija board. Uh, but getting back to my initial story, I'm going to start from the very beginning. And we're going to talk a little bit about my experience. So um, in the spring of 2002, I was going on a vacation to Jacksonville, Florida to visit my sister. And the entire trip was extremely strange. Like everything about it felt very serendipitous, starting with the plane ride itself. I had never been on a plane that had horrific turbulence to the point where me, I'm already scared to death of heights, but just being, you know, 30,000 feet up in the air and then knowing that something really bad was going on with this plane really terrified me. And somehow, miraculously, we made it. <laughs> we made it. We landed in Florida from um, my place up northeast. And it was just fascinating that all the things that were going on, I mean, everything that could go wrong on that trip went wrong, but then it became okay. Uh, the plane ride was crazy. I almost didn't get a flight there. I was on standby and I was the last person on the standby to get the flight. Everyone else had to wait. They picked me over like five or six other people. So it was just every little teeny tiny thing I thought was going to be bad turned out to be okay. So, you know. Um, by the time I got there, it was probably about 8 30, 9 o'clock. It was dark, so it was early, it was mid-March. And um when I got when I landed the plane, or I didn't land the plane, when I landed <laughs> from getting off the plane and got home to visit my sister, my niece, who at the time was 11 years old, came running over to me. Her and her best friend were telling me about this Ouija board that they had been use using. Literally, the second I walked through the door, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Aunt Kelly, I got to tell you, I got to tell you the story. And she's like, guess what happened? Last night, we are using the Ouija board, and we were in front of a mirror in the dark, and there was a creepy man's face that popped up in the mirror. Oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, they're freaking out. And I'm like, okay, chill. And I said, I'll, I'll hang out with you a little bit. Wanted to catch up with my sister, my brother-in-law, and visit. And a um, good friend of ours, the next-door neighbor, my my soul sister, Annette, she came over when she found out that I was there and she hung out with us for a little bit and she 
got to hear my niece telling me all about the Ouija board. And she said, I've been telling these girls not to be using that stuff alone in front of the mirror in the dark. <laughs> so that was my first encounter with someone talking to me about a Ouija board. I never used one when I was a kid. I didn't do any of that weird stuff. I, I think we played light as a feather, stiff as a board, but never did anything with Ouija boards. That was the last. There was no, that was good. <laughs> so we never did anything like that. So once, uh, once everyone had kind of chilled out and my niece wanted me to spend some time with her, I kind of begrudgingly let her try to show me this Ouija board that she'd been playing with so much and had been telling her things and that she had been talking to my deceased grandmother. Now, very strangely, about two months before that, I got really into um, medium John Edwards. This is almost embarrassing, but I was just really missing my grandmother before this happened. And I didn't even tell anybody this story. This is the first time I'm actually talking about this. Way back before the trip to Florida, you know, I had just been wishing, you know, praying to God I get some messages from my grandma. I just missed her so much. And she had passed away when I was 13, but we were extremely close. So here I am present day with my niece and she's telling me um, I talked to grandma on here and I'm like what and I didn't really believe what she was saying you know she's 11 years old 11 year olds exaggerate so we sat on the back patio and I let her try to show me how to use a Ouija board and it I did feel it was kind of moving you know all she was asking was just silly stuff like you know does Jacob like me and or, you know, does, you know, am I going to go back to school at the same school? Am I going to be homeschooled? It's just silly stuff. And um, so I just let her ask the questions. I did kind of feel it move a little bit, but I assumed it was her. So, you know, <laughs> kids. So I said, I don't know if you're really using the board correctly. So she says to me, let me call Annette, our, my sister's next door neighbor and a very good friend of mine now. And so Annette comes over and she decides to give me this very quick lesson on how to use a Ouija board. And she's looking at my niece, like, why are you using this? Like, I've told you, uh, you shouldn't have this, you know, you're a kid. And she's trying to teach me. And my niece is, of course, there at 11, has tons of questions. She wants to hear what Annette's saying. And so she's using the board. And I just kind of asked a couple of like really lame questions, like when, the guy that I liked when his birthday was and um, come to find out she gave me the exact birthday. It's very weird. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of flabbergasted. I was kind of shocked that a grown woman was using the Ouija board. You know, this is a woman in her mid to late 30s. She was using this board and just whipping through it. And I thought it was very odd that she was using it very quickly. It was kind of like, you know, if you have a keyboard and you're typing really, really fast, she was whipping through this Ouija board in the same way that like, we would text nowadays. Um, <laughs> very strange, odd experience. Uh, so I just kind of left it off. You know, I didn't really think much of it. I go up to the room that I was staying in and I go to bed. And the whole reason I was actually coming there was to help um, with, help my niece with her schooling. She wasn't doing very well in her English class and she was being homeschooled, but she wanted to go back to school. So I was kind of helping her get her grades up for a couple of weeks while I was on vacation. So it was kind of, it worked out. So the very next morning, there's, everyone is asleep. I'm an early bird. I get up at seven, six thirty-seven to go to work. So I'm a pretty early bird myself. So I get up, I make some coffee and I sit down and I'm just sitting there. So as I'm sitting there, I get to thinking, I wonder if this thing really works. And so I look at the table where my niece had left her Ouija board and I pulled it out and kind of smiled to myself. I'm like, this is not gonna work, but you know what? Hey, what the heck? Let me see if this works for me. It's just me by myself. I'll be able to know if someone's moving it because it's just me. So I set it down on my lap and I'm sitting there for a really long time and I'm trying to focus on, you know, what I want. And so the first question I ask is, is there anyone that wants to talk to me? And it kind of moves, but it, it's very slow and it kind of goes to the word yes, a little bit like in that direction, but not quite to the word yes. And I'm like, okay, well, I can definitely feel something moving or vibrating. And so I leave it at that. And then I think, 
to myself. And the only question I could think of asking was, can you help me? And I don't know what it was that made me ask the question, but I asked it out loud and it was very serious. I wasn't being disrespectful, you know, I wasn't laughing, I wasn't drinking alcohol. And I just said, can you help me? And within seconds, it flew. I could feel it like someone had picked up my hands and flew them to the word yes. It happened that quickly. It was like, ah, there he goes. And it's, it didn't scare me. See, this is the thing that I think a lot of people, they have these preconceived notions about Ouija boards and, you know, what they're capable of. And you always hear the negative. And I'm not promoting it in any way. Because I know there's a lot of more religious speaking individuals out there that don't agree with it. And I'm completely respectful of that. I'm just relaying my own experience. And in my experience in that moment, I started crying. And the reason that I started crying was because I felt for the first time in my life, uh, years and years of praying and talking to God and um, just thinking about ghosts and if there was really truly anything out there beyond this life. And I knew in that moment, I had no doubt that there was something else in the afterlife. I knew without a shadow of a doubt. And it's a very strange thing to explain to people. Um, people have their own preconceived notions about the afterlife. And we're going to get into what I actually think it is um, that you're talking to. Um, but I wanted to just kind of go into my very first experience. So after about five minutes, I collect myself and I'm just kind of, you know, I am in awe of this at this moment because I know that it worked. I know there was no one else there. I felt it. It felt like someone else's hands were pulling my hands to the word yes. And I wasn't scared of it. I didn't have a negative feeling. I felt as if I needed to respect it, but I wasn't afraid of it. So from that point on, I just kind of started asking little questions here and there, uh, namely about this guy that I had a huge crush on. And he worked at a place that I frequented quite often. And so I would always go in, I was customer and I would see him and, you know, we kind of do this stupid doe eye thing. And I was so terrifyingly shy. I could not talk to him. This, I'm a, at this point, I'm a 22 year old adult and I could not talk to a guy that I liked. <laughs> It's funny to me now because I'm 40, I'm going to be 44, I'm old and married, and I'm cranky, and nothing scares me in that way at all anymore. Um, but at the time, I was very afraid, young, kind of innocent. I kind of grew up a very sheltered life growing up, and so it was not too unusual for people that knew me that I was a very shy person in my early 20s. That all changed, of course. Older. Uh, so in that moment... You know, I had this feeling, you know, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to start asking questions. And I said this was the first time that I had a true incident with the board that made me want to be that made me actually obsessed with it. So I'm talking to the board and I said, am I ever going to talk to well, we'll call him Bob. <laughs> am I ever going to talk to Bob? the guy who works uh, at the place that I frequent quite often. And um, he said yes. And that same afternoon, I was sitting outside with my niece. We were laying in the sun, and I had the kiddie pool set up for them because not only was I there visiting, but I was also the glorified nanny for two weeks while my sister worked and did things that she needed to do. Um, she so as I'm sitting there and I'm kind of asking, you know, am I ever going to talk to this person? I really like him. I literally sat the board down, went outside. I was outside for 20 minutes and I had the cordless phone. This was before cell phones were really, really popular. Because like I said, this was in 2002, that spring. And all of a sudden the phone rings and I answer it and it's my father. And he proceeds to tell me that the financial institution that this person worked at um, had contacted me. This is the guy, Bob, that I'm like madly in love with, called my house that day. 
And it was so weird. It wasn't like we had a ton of conversations before that happened. It was mainly me um, going to the bank and leaving and not being able to talk to this person. Just like, hi, how are you? Good, thank you. And just feeling too stupid to make conversation with this person. And so it was very out of the blue that he called the house. And my father had called the bank on my behalf. <laughs> One, my dad was super nosy, but two, he was very concerned because I was out of town and he couldn't get a hold of me. So he called the bank back to find out what they wanted. And he proceeded to tell my father, oh, everything's fine. It was just a courtesy call. So, of course, after, um, you know, I tried to call the bank back. And when I did, they just said, oh, you know, it's okay. Uh, he was just checking on the fact that um, he hadn't seen you in a couple of days or something. I don't. It was very bizarre. And I was like, okay, this is odd. So I um, didn't talk to him, but every I talked to everyone else about him calling and I guess he called a few times so of course I get right back on my Ouija board or the Ouija board at that moment and I ask what the hell <laughs> what just happened I know you said he was going to call me but why my question was why did he call me and the board said he had I was able to spell it out at the time it was very very slow so it took a very long time to spell out sentences but what was spelled out to me was he had a nightmare and thought you died. So he had a nightmare that I died. And it freaked him out so badly that he had to call and make sure I wasn't dead. That's what I was told. And so, you know, fast forward here and there, um, not too many crazy things happened after that. You know, I was still using the board obsessively and compulsively because I had to know what was going to happen every second of every day, which now to me feels so strange. It's like, it was like a drug addict. It was literally like being on drugs because once I realized this thing worked, I could not stop using it. I just could not stop. And this is a very unhealthy way to be. Um, I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I, I just wasn't eating enough. I lost weight while I was using it. And even though it wasn't, it wasn't like possessing me. It wasn't like doing weird things to me itself it was all my obsessiveness it was all me and not everyone has that type of personality but I was very obsessed about it um so right before I go to leave two weeks later um I was using the board and I was kind of sad I was gonna have to leave it because it wasn't my board it was my niece's and it um I said you know hey goodbye it was great meeting you and I'm thinking to myself I'm gonna have to buy a Ouija board when I get home you know I'm gonna check it out or maybe I should just leave it here you know I've been using this thing so much and it said don't worry just take take us with you that was what was told to me and I said you know hey I can't <laughs> take it and the statement that was given to me was leave it up to us 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 and I was just like, okay, whatever. Put the board away. I'm packing. I'm getting ready to literally walk out the door the next day. And here comes my 11-year-old niece. She comes up to me, hands me the board, and says, you know what? I don't really, like, care to use this anymore. I'm kind of bored with it. And since you liked it so much, I think you should take it home with you. And I just kind of chuckled to myself because I'm like, they did not lie to me. You know, everything they've told me has been true. I don't know how they did it. I don't know why they did it. <clears throat> but so begins my new adventure. Um, so fast forward, I get home. It's a couple of days later. I'm getting ready for work and I'm going, I'm getting ready to go into the office and uh, at the time I didn't drive. I was terrified to drive until I was like 24 because I was in a terrible accident when I was 17 years old. So I was, I, I didn't drive. So my mother had to take me to work. Um, like I said, I was very sheltered. And so I was like in my very like 23, 24 was when, you know, all of that, <laughs> all that kind of dissipated at that point. And so I'm getting ready for work and I pick up the board and I instantly feel something different about it. There's something different. It's not the same. And I'm sitting there and I just said, hey, and I'm not going to say the name. Um, I would prefer not to reveal my spirit guide's name just because <laughs> it's personal. It's a private thing. But um, he proceeds to tell me his new name is like Evil John or something stupid. And I kind of laugh 
And I'm knowing this isn't the same spirit that I talked to when I was in Florida. There's a drastic change. Um, it's not, it wasn't a darker feeling, but it was definitely a more powerful uh, spirit. Um, like you could feel there was just something in the air. There was just something in the atmosphere. And I wouldn't call it evil. Um, but he was a, he was kind of a joker. He was kind of a pranker. So anything I would ask, I was never really sure at that point if they were telling the truth or if they were making up things. And I say they, because like I said, you don't always talk to the same one. Um, I'm pretty sure that you don't. And so this is kind of where this veers off a little bit. I'm going to kind of sidetrack on this just to kind of give you your first lesson in Ouija board lingo. When you use a board, there are a few things that it can be. The number one obvious thing is your subconscious. You can actually speak to your subconscious. You can use, uh, I believe you can tap into parts of your brain and you can kind of communicate that way um, by just kind of tapping into your higher self, your inner self, your subconscious, um, the collective consciousness, you know, that we are all part of, you know, we're all connected in some way. Uh, that is one of the things that I think it is. Uh, number two, I think it is something interdimensional. It could be, like, in my theory, has been alien. Um, and the last thing is uh, elemental, you know, something that is of nature. You know, like someone might call it a fairy. I don't really call them fairies. I just kind of call it, like, elemental, like a spirit of nature that's never lived as a human. Um, it could be a deceased person. It could be a deceased uh, relative of yours, for sure. Um, but my experience, and I've always said this, and this is where we get into the rules of Ouija boards and spirit in general, is you don't, you should never ask to speak to a particular person. Um, that's when you start opening up Pandora's box, because then, then, you know, if something is out there and it's kind of trying to get to you in a very malicious way, um, which has never been my experience, um, it sounds like it's varying that way, but my my personal experience is everything that I've learned, I've learned by using the board. Um, so, you know, just never ask. And so one of the things I, I never really did, except the first time I used the board, I think I might have asked, you know, can I talk to my grandmother? And it said yes. But that's as far as I took it. I never asked to actually talk to her. There was just always something that told me, you know, an instinct that said, don't ask, just, you know, if it happens, it happens, but don't ask, because then you're just kind of opening up. And if I opened it up to any particular single thing, if I singled it out and said, hey, I want to talk to grandma, um, I might not get to talk to grandma. Um, or, you know, if I might get to talk to her, but, you know, maybe I'm missing out on some lessons that I could learn from some other being that might be able to teach me something. And so that morning, just as I'm getting ready for work, it proceeds to tell me it's like evil John. And I'm like, evil John, like this is stupid. And it just went to the letters H-A-H-A, -A -A, like it was saying, ha ha, like it's laughing. Uh, kind of like, you know, when you text now, you know, you're like spelling out LOL or ha ha. <clears throat> and I just said, okay. And I said, so you must be new. And I said, yes. And I said, well, who are you? And he started telling me, you know, I'm evil John. And I died when I was 13. And, you know, my mother pushed me down the stairs and that's how I died. So right then I'm like, there's just something weird. Um, a few more incidences after that over the next few months, again, I'm still using the board. I'm still, you know, very obsessively, compulsively using this board. And it came to a head one night when I was told something that I knew for a fact wasn't true. And the board spelled out to me, get out just get out. And I could feel some kind of very strange atmosphere popping up. And so I had contacted my friend Annette from Florida and I asked her about it. And she said, I think you need to put it on salt, put it under your bed. Just don't touch it for like at all for a while. Um, she said, I don't like it telling you that. I think it's trying to get you off because something else, you know, is either trying to pop in or, you know, there's just something in your house. So I'm like, okay. 
And I didn't right away, but I was, I was very, I was scared, but I was very curious. Like my brain is a curious brain. I am totally that person in a horror movie that's going to go in the room and they tell you, don't go in there. I'm like, but why not? I want to see what's on the other side of the door. And they're like, get back here, you idiot. You know, like that's me. So I was like, okay, let me just see what's going on here. And so I used the board one more time and then something to shut it down. Um, it, the planchette flew off my lap and that was enough for me. I was done. And so I, I poured a ton of salt on it and I was kind of sad because at that point I had been using it for three months. I, I won't get into everything that I was told, but I was told so many things um, about people around me that were true. Um, I was told about an uncle that I, that ended up passing away. And um, before he passed away, they told me that this uncle of mine had stomach cancer and he did have stomach cancer. You know, it wasn't all like weird stuff about a guy I liked or, you know, my own personal stuff with friends and family. Um, there were some useful things in there. Uh, there was a lot of useful things. Um, so a few days passed. It was like, I think the very, actually I take that back. It was the very next morning. So this thing's on ice or on salt, <laughs> on salt all night long under my bed and I couldn't take it anymore. So I get back on the Ouija board and I ask why it was telling me something that wasn't true in that moment. And I was very upset. And it was kind of like, because I had been using it so much, it felt like a friend. Um, that's the only way I can explain it. It wasn't that I didn't have friends. It wasn't that I didn't have a social life, but it just felt like it was a very private, intimate friendship um, where it knew all the intimate details about my life and it was telling me all the intimate details about what could go on with different people and, you know, who I'd marry and like all this stuff. And so I'm very invested, you know, like reading a really good book. Like I'm really invested at this moment. And finally it tells me, you know, the reason that I did that was basically because you should not believe everything that is told to you on a Ouija board. And so then it just kind of was giving me this speech about, let this be your first lesson. And so I'm kind of grasping, okay. <laughs> and it said, you wanted us to help you. This is us trying to help you. Um, there were experiences that I have, and I'm not going to get into because they were very private to me at the time. But things that I was told, things that I learned, um, when I did finally talk to someone again, and asked them about the experiences that I had. Um, my friend told me that it was to teach me how to be an adult woman. So all of the things that were taught to me were not taught by people in the, in the real world that you would think, but I had a guide that was kind of guiding me and teaching me things about life that no one else had ever actually taught me. You know, I was, I, like I said, I was very sheltered and I ended up learning quite a bit about myself in that process. Um, it makes me feel very emotional when I think about it. Um, it's, it's not a funny thing to me at all by any means. You know, I don't make fun of the Ouija board. I don't make fun of people for telling me crazy things because I mean, I've got a list of crazy things. Um, you listen to this episode, you ask me some stuff. It could be the very next episode. I could address some of that. Um, but what I want to address in the second half of this, cause I've just been going on for a half hour about my experiences is some of the ways that it's not bad. Um, I think my experience is very similar to an individual that does Ouija board work um, for spiritual guidance and is not someone that's out there asking questions. There is an author. The author's name is Karen Dahlman. I had to, I took a brain fart there for a second. Um, she is a, a writer and a Ouija board uh, kind of expert. And she's had very similar experiences to what I experienced. So um, you should definitely check her out. Her name is Karen A. Dahlman, D-A-H-L-M-A-N. Uh, she's pretty awesome. Um, the first time I had ever heard about Ouija boards in a more positive light was from listening to information that Karen Dahlman had shared on Coast to Coast AM with George Nori, um, previously hosted by Art Bell, uh, one of my favorites, um, who unfortunately passed away. Uh, but the fact that there's just so many things um, that people can learn from that 
from different experiences in life. And this was not something that I necessarily chose, but I always felt kind of chose me. And it's a weird part of my life. And I don't talk about it very often for obvious reasons. You know, on one end, you're going to get a more religious Christian audience that's going to tell you that you should never be messing with those things. And 50% of that I agree with. The other 50% is I think it's just the people. (laughs) I do think that sometimes it's just the person that's doing it, and that's why they have the experiences that they experience. Um, I've been going through this radical phase in my life in the last several months um, with kind of cutting out things that no longer serve me in my life and just kind of getting back to basics. And, you know, I have a few friends, they know who I am. They like me for who I am. And I think after 20 some years of all the weird things that have happened to me in my life, this is by far the top, one of the top five things that have helped shape me as a person. And so that's why I wanted to kind of talk about uh, how it happened to me, um, why I started using it, and I actually put a blog about it on my website, preternaturalclubgirl.blog. It, uh, there's a whole chapter there under some of my blog posts. And it's got a whole five-part series that goes into a lot more detail. But I'm going to talk to you now about what I think a Ouija board is. Um, like I said previously, there's a lot of... Um, I apologize, I'm jumping around. I've had to pause this a couple of times because someone keeps coming to my door or someone comes into my house. So my train of thought is a little bit off, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> it happens. So the scientific part of a board is, you know, they always give you the rules. Everything that you do in life has a rule. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, there have been times that I have not opened up a circle. I haven't closed a circle. Um, if something's missing in my house and I've picked up the board to use it, I'm pretty sure that board knows why I'm using it, and it's not like offended if I forget to close out or say goodbye. It understands what I'm doing, why I'm looking for something, um, like, hey, I can't find this, you know, or my lizard got out of the cage again. I have reptiles. Uh, If I have something in my house that I need to know about or if there's something very major going on, I'll say hello. I do the initial greeting, but because I've done this for so long, I know um, how to handle how to, how to treat the board in the sense that if I don't say something right away, I can always go back later on and do a proper closed conversation. Um, but my boards, uh, plural, I have many in my house. I, I tend to use them more on a serious note, not so much frivolous. Um, so to speaking of not being frivolous with a Ouija board. <clears throat> so rule number one, <laughs> I've always said is never laugh ever make fun of a Ouija board when you're using it. And this goes for anyone of any age. It's not that I don't think kids should use them. I think that if you are accompanied by a responsible adult and you are a mature enough kid, you know, maybe at least 10 or up, and you're understanding what it is that you're doing and you have a reason for doing it, um, then I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. If, you know, you are at a slumber party and your friend says, hey, let's pull this out under the bed and you're laughing and you're carrying on and you're making jokes and you're not taking it seriously, you will, in effect, have a negative experience. Um, The way that I best can look at it is if you are a person and you meet someone brand new and you just immediately start making fun of them, you're going to tell that person to screw off and you're not going to talk to them. (laughs) It's like that person's not going to talk to you. Like, screw you. I'm not talking to you. You're an asshole. So that is kind of how you have to look at a Ouija board, regardless of what you think is on the other end of it, whether you think it's someone moving it or if you think that there is a possibility that you're talking to a dead person. Would you treat that person the same way in life? Maybe if you're an online troll, but if you're meeting someone, you're not going to be treating that person that way. So you just have to look at it that way. One of the other things is try to be relaxed. So that's why, you know, you can set up candles, keep it in a dark area if that's what makes you feel more comfortable. And that's fine. And there's nothing spooky about setting a mood. To me, if I'm in a certain mood and I really want to get a good um, reading from it and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about I have some real questions and I want to just relax, you want to be in a more relaxed state to kind of, you don't want to be crazy. You don't want to be hyped up on caffeine, drugs, or alcohol. 
never do drugs or alcohol when you're using a Ouija board. Just don't do it. Um, that's when you start getting strange experiences that aren't good for you. Um, you're going to start attracting a lot of that negative energy. And you're not going to get a great reading out of it because chances are if you're doing drugs or alcohol, your thoughts are all over the place. So when you're asking a question, it might be answering something that you hadn't even asked yet. And the questions are just out there. So, again, you're not going to make fun of it. You're going to set a mood to be relaxed. So that's why you see people using candles. Um, you know, maybe they have their own little ceremonial circle that they set. To, you know, if you're, a, you know, you're a cult practicing, you might do all of those things. I have found for me personally, I don't need to do all of that. Um, <laughs> it's just my own personal practice. But for you, I think you should set your own mood. If that's just you having some music in the background on low and you're just kind of sitting at the end of your bed with a friend, um, you know, you use the board, do whatever. Uh, the first time you use a board, I do recommend having a counterpart. Uh, now, one of the oldest rules that I heard was it should always be a male and a female that use the board at the same time to balance out that male and female energy. No, you don't need that. You just need, I think it should, it's a good checks and balances to have at least one other person with you. Even if you're holding the board by yourself, having someone else maybe write down the answers to some questions that you both come up with, that would be great. So it gives you the answer, someone writes it down, or, you know, maybe you both do the board together, you pause for a moment, write down those answers. Uh, because I'll be perfectly honest with you, whenever you're using the board, you're going to forget things. It's no different than if someone is a medium and they have you know, mediumship abilities where they're getting information from, you know, their channeled spirit guide, they're channeling the spirit guide, or they're seeing or talking to someone that has passed on. They might not remember what they just said to you because they're not really using... Um, their consciousness, it all comes from the subconscious. So one of the third rules, you might have heard this. Never use it in the dark, in front of a mirror. And the reason for that is there's a lot of channelers that actually use a mirror in the dark. And if you sit there and stare at a mirror in the dark for a long period of time, it's a form of divination. So it's called scrying, for those of you that aren't familiar with it. I don't do scrying in mirrors. I'm not particularly fond of that form of divination. I don't like it. It feels weird. It want, I always feel like I want to fall asleep if I'm sitting in the dark for a long period of time. That's just me being honest. I don't want to do that. Um, another thing is to not use Ouija board in a graveyard. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've done it. I wasn't that super impressed. Um, it was more like, eh, you know, the more you're outside, the more things can kind of touch your Ouija board. You know, you're going to get more hands on things. Uh, so that's another thing that I would say maybe not do. Like that is something I wouldn't do just because I feel like if you're going to take it seriously and it's in a very serious practice, um, don't do it outside. Do it somewhere in a smaller space, like a room, like you can do it in your dining room, your kitchen, your breakfast nook, somewhere that, you know, you're going to be able to think with your thoughts. If you're in a cemetery, everything that moves in that cemetery, especially if you're by yourself or it's just you and a couple of people, you're going to be thinking that, you know, something is coming out of the cemetery. So I, I don't recommend doing it. It's not just so much that you're going to have things attached to you. That can happen, but in my experience, it has never happened. It is a very rare experience in my personal experience. Um, so those are just some things. Uh, one of my favorite things that I actually made up with it is to just breathe. <laughs> like, ah, just take a deep breath. You know, like I said before about relaxing. Um, be kind. Uh, be respectful. Please and thank you. No different than you would if you were talking to an elder. Uh, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be dismissive, but also take it with a grain of salt because you're not going to have a ton of amazing readings from a Ouija board the first time you use it. Um, even though I had the amazing yes moment with mine, not everyone is going to have that experience at all. Um, it's going to take a long time because it's going to take you a long time to get used to the energy. It's going to take you a, a while to not be afraid of things because once you start realizing that something is working, it's terrifying and it's also thrilling at the same time. But I don't 
recommend doing it if you're someone that might have a lot of negativity in your life because you really don't want to attract any of that to you. Um, so I did have some questions. I'm going to go into this for just a moment and then I can get back to some other things that I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> so one of the first questions that I received um, actually today says, what role does visualization play when creating or using a Ouija board? Um, visualization is really to each his own. Uh, you're going to have some visualization just because you are, sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> you're going to have some of that because you're going to be picturing in your head what you're thinking about, the questions that you're asking. You're going to see that. So from a perspective of someone that might be more artsy, your visualizations and imagination of what you're picturing when someone, it's no different than when someone's reading a story to you. So if you're reading the things that are coming to you on the board, then yes, there might be some, you know, picturesque thoughts, visualizations that go into it. Um, but normally, like for me, it's kind of, you know, what is going on with the job or, you know, am I going to get the job? That kind of stuff. It's never really just thinking about it. Um, now, in the case of the spirit guide patient's worth, um, you know, that was a person that came through on a Ouija board and said his name was Patience Worth, and then an entire novel was written by this spirit. And I will be perfectly honest with you when I say I believe that can happen uh, through a process called automatic writing. Now, with automatic writing, it's very similar to a Ouija board, um, where in this case you would use a pen and paper as opposed to the planchette, the pointer. Um, Getting more, I didn't want to get into a lot of history about the Ouija board because I feel like a lot of people probably know the history is that, you know, it was originally made in China and in BC something, I forget, I didn't have my notes with me, I apologize. But it was made a long time ago by individuals that wanted to, they found that they could use that as a way to um, do divination to find out things. And at that time, what would it be the planchette now was on wheels and it would roll two different letters to communicate with um, the dead to get answers about things or to prophesize about wars or, you know, major events. Um, the other thing with automatic writing is, in my case, I can do it. I'm also a writer. And I joke all the time that when I'm writing something, I feel like I'm channeling something that is completely separate from myself. I learned how to do automatic writing from an experience from using my Ouija board. Um, I mentioned that I had went to Florida the very first time, and that's when I found the Ouija board. Um, that same summer, I went back a few months later, and when I was in Florida a few months later, I had decided to leave my Ouija board at home. And the board had kind of told me, you don't need to take me with you. Don't take me with you. Shouldn't be on the airplane or something. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, if I have this Ouija board, the plane's going to crash. It's <laughs> just something crazy in my mind, you know, like a uh, horror writer here anyway. So, of course, I'm thinking the worst. And when I put in, so when I got to, I didn't put it in my bag. I just kind of went without it. And when I was wanting to really use the board, this was still when I was in my obsessive craze period. When I wanted to use the board, um, I just came up with, hey, pen, paper. So I had just designed, just in my own head, I wonder what would happen if I write out some things. It was the same feeling that I had when I used the planchette, only my pen was going and I was channeling at that time. I ended up with 25 paper pieces of paper, front and back of channeled writing that I I don't even know what happened to it. I wish I still had it. And it was just page after page after page. And when my sister saw it and she wanted to call a priest because she thought I was possessed. It's, hyster it's like a hysterical story now, but she was like, oh my God, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you writing like pages and pages of stuff that's not in your handwriting? It doesn't make sense. What are you doing? Well, a few months later, uh, well, not a few months later, I would say about a few weeks later, I was in Barnes and Noble and found a book. Uh, that it was actually talking about psychic ability and one of the chapters was automatic writing. And at that time, I didn't even know what automatic writing was. Like I said, I started doing these things. I was very sheltered. I had no idea what the hell any of this was. I didn't know why I was doing it. It scared me sometimes that I was able to do it. And um, 
yeah, so that. <laughs> um, so, you know, back to some of the questions here. One of the other questions, and this is a good one for y'all that have either never done it or are thinking about using the board. What rituals do you use to prepare and also to close the space? So like I said, I don't necessarily do a ritual like that all the time. I do have more, mo I do have some ceremonial moments when I will pull out some candles, you know, if I'm doing, um, you know, manifesting something, you know, I used to do more spell casting when I was more into an occult, um, like more into like um, esoteric type stuff. And I've kind of gotten away from a lot of that in recent years. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I, I do find that, like I said earlier, relaxing and lighting some candles, really setting your intention of what you want to get out of it really helps keep a positive feeling going through it. And I'm not saying if you use the board, you're not going to get some negative information. If there's something that you need to know, like, hey, your mother or father needs to go to the doctor, you know, they're sick, that's different. And I don't see anything negative in that. Um, now, to close the space, obviously, you should always, I still, still believe in saying goodbye. Um, I don't always, sometimes I forget, but I do believe in closing the space and letting that spirit or being or elements will know that you're done with the conversation so that it can end. Sometimes they will end it for you. Sometimes they'll just say goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes you're talking so much or you're asking so many questions, it will just go to goodbye on its own. Um, and because I am an artist and I have created several boards and you can check them on my Instagram under Solaris Fino, just like it sounds. And I'll have some, I do believe on my website, yeah, on the Preternatural Club girl.blog, there is a link to my Instagram. So it is on that front page when you get there. Um, but one of the questions was, when crafting a board, what guides your artistic decisions? Um, I will be perfectly honest. It's whatever is going on in my life at the moment. Um, I've done one, I'd like to do collages, like collage Ouija boards. Um, one of my favorites that I ever did was one with Brandon Lee of The Crow. And so the entire board was lacquered up. I designed the planchette to be a physical glass crow. And I had one of my friends, I designed it. And then one of my friends that's better at actually putting the glass together did that part for me. But I have found that I work a lot better using uh, things like clay like I recently, and last you know, two years ago, I made a, a Ouija board um, for a YouTube creator that narrates a lot of my stories. And one of the things I did with the planchette is I made a book out of clay for that. So that was kind of cool. But it, my ideas come from just whatever I'm interested in at the time. I, I go off themes. I made a friend of mine a big collage board for bees. Um similar to Tori Amos's album, the, like she had the bee collector. And so that was kind of cool. You know, I did that and it was like a theme of mine because she and I both love Tori Amos. And, um, that was one of the reasons that I did that board. So it, to me, it's more art at this point. I don't take it as seriously as some people might. I mean, yes, it's a serious thing, but I'm not worried about getting possessed by demons. And one of the other questions here, let me get back to this here. Um, how do you know what to ignore and what to honor? So I'm not entirely sure if this question was directed to the art piece of it. Um, but I feel like with any art, I think you just kind of go off your instincts. If it's, <clears throat> excuse me, if it is answers that you're getting from the board, um, a lot of it sometimes doesn't make sense. You're going to get a bunch of things filled with information. You're not always going to know what like you're not always going to know like what that means because it could be 20 years into the future um one of the weirdest things that happened to me when I was using the board is I was told something about someone that I thought it was about a person that I knew then and two years ago I realized who that board was talking about and it was a friend of mine that I have now that I didn't know back then and it all kind of came full circle um one of the other things that I've noticed with using Ouija boards and, um, you know, it, it definitely it's an occult type practice. It's divination. I am one of those people I grew up um, religious. I was a free will Baptist all of my life. Um, I've been in and out of different forms of spirituality. 
Um, I've questioned a lot of it over the years. I've even went back and questioned a lot of the witchcraft things. Um, some of it back in the day, I was not a good person, and I did do some darker magics. Um, but I will say I never did anything so horrible. It was more like my own, it was sort of my own um, ideas of what black magic was. And after reading a bunch of books, I realized I really wasn't doing anything. <laughs> But I think that, uh, you know, that was all in my youth. I'm a lot older and wiser now. Um, the older part I'm not so fond of, but the wiser, definitely. Um, I think that, you know, it's really just about whatever your spirituality is. You know, that's going to come into configuration when you're using a Ouija board. And, you know, whatever feels right to you is fine. But there are some staples of things that you just don't do. And like I said earlier, you know, don't make fun of it. Um, don't call it out names. Don't demand anything from it. It's not going to give you what you want. It's going to do things that it feels you need sometimes. And you're not always going to be told the truth because I believe firmly that they test every single person that comes across it. And I, I don't believe it's a demon either. Here's another thing that's very controversial. If you're religious and you read the Bible and I have, I grew up in it. My personal experience um, at one time, my Ouija board told me to go to church that I might feel better. <laughs> So I, I don't really think of it as a demonic entity because I think if it's a demonic entity, it's not going to tell you to get with Christ and go to church and, you know, start seeing um, yourself in a different light. Uh, for me, it was more along the lines of just needing to be spiritual, needing to understand myself, needing to live my life. And I think that's another thing that you don't really think about until you start going through these experiences is how they affect you and how why you... I see things differently now than I used to. 20 years ago, I didn't so much. Uh, but it it's for sure one of the weirdest things that have ever happened to me. And I don't discount anyone's crazy stories, at least the ones that they think are crazy, because I went through my own craziness for a while. And it's definitely opened my eyes for sure. Um, I'm going to end on that note. It's been about an hour. I'm going to let you guys know soon when I, if you guys liked this episode, let me know. If you've got questions, hit me up on Twitter, siren1378. You can hit me up with some questions. I feel like I just kind of rambled on for 52 minutes, but you guys are awesome. I want you guys to have a good rest of your week and it's only Tuesday, but I know we can make it to Friday. But on that note, Take care of yourselves and we will talk again soon.